0: Now tapped in with the introspective father and son duo. Last name may be strange, but never strangers to the game. Adjust to listen to the listening devices and keep it live
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Coming in. Yeah. I just wonder when. L.A. running with? Two, two, three, three. I'm on again.
1: name.
0: Hello and welcome to another installment of No Strangers to the Game. Today's episode is entitled Role Models. Uh, We're going to be discussing our kind of celebrity role models, role models in our lives, the roles that they should or shouldn't take in our lives and in our society. Um, So to get us started today, I wanted to ask you kind of, I know we're not people that idolize people a lot. We don't look up to a ton of people because they're humans at the end of the day. But have you ever had any, I guess, celebrity or famous role models that you've looked up to, you know, from childhood or even to now?
1: Yeah, I've had some people that I looked up to and um, you know um, admired. Um, one I, I would say it was two in terms of athletes, um, Dr. J, one of my favorite athletes. I've always looked up to him as far as just um, sophisticated, intelligent, um, a classy type of person. And obviously, I liked the way he played basketball. And he always seemed to you know send a positive image. Um, the way he, you know, handled his business, you know, his uh, approach to things always seemed to be professional. I had not really heard or ever heard of anything that he's done that was, you know, kind of scandalous. Um, and so, he was one of, I would say, my role models, or, or someone that I looked up to. I would, and admired. You know, obviously, you know, Marcus Garvey. Not that I've ever met him, um, just because of what he did in his. Uh, ability to organize and build an organization that was as powerful as the UNIA. Um, so those are two um, that I can think of off the top of my head. And you know, obviously there's more that people that I admire look up to from Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, um, so on and so forth. So yeah. how about you?
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely know my role models are the people that I look up to. Number one, the biggest is LeBron James. (laughs) That's that's been my biggest role model, I guess, someone that I look up to and admire for a long time now. And it's, I mean, I guess it all started with basketball. I love the game of basketball. And he's obviously, you know, one of the greatest players, in my opinion, the greatest player of all time. But (laughs) I think more so when I really began to look into who LeBron James was off the court, at least is what we can see in the, you know, media or, you know, from what he allows us to see of him. I really liked the things that he was involved in the things that he was doing. From a philanthropic perspective, he's obviously, at least like I said, once again in the media, he seems to be a very giving person, somebody who's interested in helping our community in particular um, and just seems to really want to actually create change. He doesn't just donate money and kind of you know, allow that to speak for itself. It doesn't seem like something he's doing for a tax write-off. He's really engaged in wanting to make a change. I think number two is his business, Savvy. Um, I mean, the moves that he's made with his team, you know, some of his uh, f- close friends and people that work with him. Just the I just think as a whole person, he's someone that I can look up to and say that's that's kind of where I see myself going. You know, what I mean, being a part of a lot of different things, but doing them all really well. And that seems to be at least from the outside looking in how LeBron James carries himself. And that's someone that I can look up to. Uh, another, another, one other role model, I, I don't even know if it's a role model, but someone I admire greatly is, uh, J Cole. And it's funny because, you know, J Cole is a really kind of out of the limelight type guy. He doesn't, he doesn't allow people to see much of him. I mean, he's got a wife and kids and nobody knows what they look like. Nobody's ever seen them. He doesn't, you know, if he is a philanthropic person, it's not super in the media. It's not talked about a ton. He doesn't, you know, publicize it. But I just think through at least to his music, he's my favorite artist through his music from what, I guess when you, you know, listen to someone's music, you're getting their perspective on the world. It seems to be a perspective I can agree with. And some of the things he says about the world, I can agree with a lot. And so for that reason, I'm, I, I admire him. Uh, so those are my two biggest, I guess, role models. Um, but it's funny because I, the, I guess the reason we even wanted to talk about this is really what does the, what role should they play or what role do they play? I know, you're not the type of person to, I guess, idolize anybody. It never gets to that level for you. And I, I wouldn't say I w- I'm not either. I guess LeBron's probably the closest it gets. But <laughs> what role did those, those athletes or, or the people you said that you looked up to, what role did they play in your life if it wasn't idolizing? Was it just a deep admiration? Did you want to you know, emulate some of their traits? What, what did you, What did they mean to you?
1: Well, it was definitely a a deep admiration and, you know, I wanted to emulate some of the things that they did. Um, like I said, with Marcus Garvey, even though he was, you know, years before I was even born, um, the things that he did, I just saw how he organized. I mean, in 19, early 1900s, he was able to organize and put together an organization over a million people globally. Um, no internet, you know, no access to a whole lot of technology, but he was just that powerful in his voice to be able to bring people together and have a vision and a cause that um, was uh, beneficial to our community. I mean, some things took place that, you know, obviously brought him down, unfortunately. But um, overall, I just liked the way he organized and planned and how he saw a vision. And in a short period of time, he was able to you know, um, bring people together to begin to um, manifest that vision. For, as far as Dr. J, I mean, largely, I just like the way he played basketball. I just like yeah. the way he carried himself. He was just kind of cool, you know, <laughs> and so it was just like, you know, the way he dressed, you know, the way he talked, you know, it's, you know, you just, as a kid, you grow up and you see someone that does something and you're like, oh, man, and then you watch him more closely. And you're like, okay, I really like this dude. He's cool. You know, he made, you know, investments early on. I think he had um, ownership in Coca-Cola. So from a business standpoint, you know, he was doing some pretty um, impressive things. Um, but overall, just how he carried himself. I had never heard him speak on any political issues or anything of that nature. But just the way he, you know, handled himself, himself. Um, to me, I, I admired that. So uh, those were the things that really kind of made me you know, look at those two in the way that I do. So I think a lot of people nowadays
0: actually allow themselves to get to that level of idolizing celebrities, people that they look up to, and they just kind of come consumed with their lives and really just want to, I guess, be them. I think some that's something you see a lot with my generation. Uh, me and you, and I, I guess we can be considered skeptical people. So I'm, I want to ask, and I feel like I already know the answer, but do you think that's the main reason you've never allowed yourself to get to that level of idolizing somebody or allowing that to kind of, you know, allowing them to kind of consume your life is because you understand and you're skeptical of the fact that they're human. They make mistakes like everyone else. I don't, I don't necessarily need to be consumed with somebody else who's really not that much different than me.
1: Yeah. And, you know, being a student athlete and having the opportunity to meet some of these, you know, uh, professional athletes and entertainers, In my lifetime um, I realized that you know these people are just like me they're just more famous Um, their lives are more in the public Uh, and not to take anything away from that I just realized that you know they are human and they can make mistakes and I don't want to put so much into these individuals to have a letdown Um, and expecting things that they may not be able to live up to. I mean, these are people I don't know. I just know them (laughs) from what I see of their images and what's in the media, but um, nothing to the degree of where I personally can walk up to them and know about their lives. I may have read about them and those types of things. But um, for me, and I just guess growing up in general, you know, sometimes with family and just people you grew up with, you just kind of had these expectations and to see, Sometimes that people didn't meet those expectations, it allowed me to kind of take a step back and admire people without, you know, having great expectations that they were something that they may not have been able to, um, you know, carry out um, in their lives. So that, that, that's me.
0: It's funny because I remember, I think it was like middle school or something, you know, I'm the biggest LeBron James fan ever. And then I remember I watched like a YouTube video about like how LeBron's in the Illuminati and like he's a devil worshiper and stuff. And I just remember kind of like being twisted because like I, I look up to this guy so much. I admire him and everything like that. But I was like, I to me, at least <laughs> to, to middle school John, they made a great case. <laughs> so for me, I was just so conflicted. Like this is somebody I look up to for so many reasons. But here I'm getting evidence or at least I guess a, you know, a thought that he could be this kind of, you know, totally different side to him or stuff, and so that I think I knew that all along. But I guess it just kind of really started to shift my thinking of like, okay, I don't know this guy. I don't know these people that I'm looking up to, at least from a celebrity standpoint. I don't know. I I have to at least stay somewhat removed because I don't I don't know these people. I, who knows what they're really into, what they really do? Um. So yeah, that's I think that's probably the biggest thing. And that, that's kind of the biggest cause for not even skepticism. It's just. I guess being smarter about it yeah, it's just know? reality
1: that you know yeah. these, are, these are normal people like you they just have a skill and they have been you know out in the forefront of what they do and they're just famous and then yeah. they have something that they do that they're great at and you know people more people know them than people know you so and uh, I guess a greater conversation that we, we
0: wanted to get into too was we were talking about the the responsibility they have or the expectations. And so I guess over the last, what, who knows how long, but I guess recently, not even recently, I guess throughout time, we've seen athletes and celebrities and people in power, or people of great wealth and fame and fortune be seen as role models and people look up to when it comes to social justice issues, you know, world peace issues, things, you know, just world issues, we expect them to kind of lead, I guess, and and really tell us how to go about things. And so with this latest, I guess, movement of social justice, we saw people kind of take exception to the fact that there were some celebrities or, or I guess people of fame and fortune, like we talked about, that weren't really at least vocalizing what they, f- you know, felt or their sentiments about the movement.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a requirement? No, it's not a requirement. I mean, I think you should do what you're comfortable in doing. Um, stepping out on a platform or on an issue that you may not be educated on, may not feel comfortable trying to be the spokesman for it. um, I I think it's a smart thing not to do that. Um, Only step out on things that you're passionate about, that you feel educated enough to be able to uh, make a clear statement and a message that will be beneficial to the cause and to the situation opposed to just speaking out because somebody expects you to speak out. Um, I think with athletes, and entertainers and celebrities, the thing is that they have a way of reaching a large mass of people with an image or a message that someone that's working behind the scenes for 20 years yeah. can only reach a portion of. And yeah. so I think in that regard, we're using that platform to send a message, I think it's great. Just as long as you are uh, educated, and aware of what you're sending out, so that you can be productive and effective, and having people that deal with those issues to be able to advise and educate you, so that the messages are clear and you know can be uh, productive. And
0: I, I think of a particular instance this summer, we were listening to the songs that J. Cole and a young artist named mm-hmm. No Name were putting out. Uh, the art, young artist No Name, she's a she's a female artist. I actually enjoy her music, but she was kind of, I guess, calling out J. Cole in particular and a few other celebrities for not speaking up on their social media platforms anyway about these issues and I guess disseminating information to help the cause, right? Well, J. Cole kind of was like, I I hear what you're saying, I I do understand that, but at the end of the day, I'm not the most educated person on these issues. I don't think I should be someone that people go to to get that information or to, to get that sense of guidance. And so it, it kind of begs the question, what is that balance of using the platform that, you know, your fans and these people have given you to, I guess, help the cause that you feel is really important. And then the other side of it is like, I mean, we're asking an artist who makes music for a living to become a social justice leader. You know, is that, is that something that he should be required to do or we should even ask of
1: him? No, I think if you're working together and, and people who are working on certain issues, You may want to approach someone who has a voice to be able to say, look, I know you're not the most educated on this, but here is a message. Can can you get with it? It's almost like an endorsement, right? So Nike comes to an uh, athlete or an artist and say, hey, we want you to wear our shoes and we want you to do this commercial because we know millions of people love you. Millions of people will probably purchase our shoes because you're wearing this shoe. And I think the same can be done with various issues, but you can't rely on the artist or that entertainer or athlete to be the most versed and educated. You know, for them, it would just be, this is a way to get more people to be aware of what the situation is. And then now you bring in the people who are actually working on it on the ground to be able to talk more in depth about those issues and those concerns. So now that nothing gets left out. Um, unfortunately, we're uh, a society of sound bites. And, you know, in order to get people to pay attention, sometimes you have to use these sound bites and in individuals that may be able to grab those attention. But don't get lost in the celebrity. Um, don't let the message get lost in the celebrity, but yeah. allow it to be something that they can project out and be able to make aware and then bring in those that are more educated to, you know, um, talk more in depth about it. Give me an instance where, and this could be even closer
0: to home, whether it be a famous celebrity that you looked up to and, and admired as a role model, or someone in the neighborhood or in your family that you looked up to, give me an instance where they let you down, where you were looking up to them, you, you know, looking at their moves and then something they did kind of changed your view on them. Like that's, ah, all right. Maybe I shouldn't use them as a. Role. I I have
1: a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to call out names, but some cousins who, you know, a few years older than me and, you know, I always looked up to them, admired them, um, you know, as athletes and just, you know, individuals in the community. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, they kind of took a different turn, different direction over time. And, you know, their lives went in a direction that I looked at as like, oh, wow, that's not where I want to go. And so it was disappointing. Um, But, you know, those are the things that allowed me to see up close that these are individuals and whatever reason they took that turn and made those decisions, you know, I don't fully know, but I understand that, you know, these are people who one split decision could change your life in a way that, you know, takes you down the wrong path and it's hard to get back on track. So, um, you know, I know that's kind of vague, but I just don't want to put anybody out (laughs) on the spot to be, you know, coming up like, hey man, why are you talking about me in your, <laughs> your podcast? <laughs> Put me on front street. <laughs> uh, I think
0: mine is a, is a little different. It's not that they disappointed me or people that I looked up to kind of failed me. Although I guess I've had those instances as well. Mine is more so, a, a, I guess, a story of working to your idols as your rivals as the saying, as the saying goes. It's funny because when I was younger and I was tripled jumping in, in high school, I was, you know, a freshman, sophomore, whatever. And I was looking out to these dudes who were you know juniors and seniors at the time, and they're jumping you know a lot further than I was because I was younger. And I looked at them, I'm like, man, these guys are amazing. I would love to be able to jump that far. And it's funny because through the years, as I've continued to get better and better and better, I've seen a lot of those people that I looked up to, you know, the names that I saw, you know, on lists a lot higher than me, are suddenly I'm starting to pass them. I'm, I'm you know, and I'm kind of I guess catapulted to that spot of like there's younger kids that are looking at me like, man, I can't wait. I wish I could jump that far and things like that. And I guess I say that to say is I love that term. I love that terminology, work until your idols are your rivals, you know, to the people that you look up to are the people you're competing against. Right. Because, you know, especially, I mean, it's true to sports, but it's also true to life in general. If you look up to, you know, some investor or an artist or whatever it may be, if that's something you want to be like, you know, don't, you don't necessarily even have to copy their path, but use them as a measuring stick to, at least for, for me personally, this is what I do. Is I use them as a measuring stick to, to how I want to, to how I see my success and how successful I want to be. And not that I'm trying to be them, but at least knowing that this is somebody I look up to. And if I can get to the level they're at, then I think I'll have achieved some success.
1: Right. One thing I also want to, and I agree with that. Um, and I've had people where, you know, they were out there next thing you know, you are reeling them in and you're like, oh, this is a dude I was looking up to. I'm, yeah. Oh, I didn't pass you. <laughs> so, um, so those are some things that are, you know, from a goal oriented perspective, you know, it really helps your confidence and allows you to elevate and continue to say, okay, I caught these guys. Now I can go to the next level. Now what's the next group? What's the next level that I need to, uh, try to attain. Um, But one of the things I want to touch on is when we're talking about role models. And I remember years ago, this was before you were born, I remember Charles Barkley made a commercial talking about, I'm not a role model. And I think what he was really trying to say is that, you know, don't have your kids look up to me. You know, I may make some mistakes. But where I disagreed with him is that he is a role model, whether he's a good one or whether he's not so good, and whether he chooses to be. People are gonna see you and they're gonna make up their mind on whether I want to emulate this person, whether I want to admire that person. So we're all in some sense a role model to somebody. Yeah. Um, whether that's something, a responsibility we wanna take on, you know, and, 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 and sign up for is, is really not the point. The point is is that people wanna look up to you and they're gonna make up a decision, make their mind up. You know, I, want, I like this guy, I like how he moves. So I'm going to pattern myself after him or her in which now you know, I can see myself being like that person or growing to be able to do the things that that person is doing. So basically what I'm trying to say is that you are a role model, whether you sign up for it or not, uh, just because people are watching you, particularly if you're out in the public, you know, you're a role model to your young sister, you're a role model to probably young people on your campus, people in the community that you came from, you know, seeing that you're out there, you know, a division one athlete, and probably look up to that and say, you know what, you know, if Jock can do it, you know, that's something I can do. And they look up to that and they see and they read the headlines and they see the, you know, the, the sports page of what you're doing. And I think it gives them the confidence and uh, motivation to strive to do those things. So, um, you know, you won whether or not you sign up for it. And that that's leads me into what I wanted to talk about next is being a role model
0: and the balance between being true to yourself and allowing the role model role to, I guess, influence your decisions and for the good or for the bad, because sometimes your own thoughts and your own ideas of what you should be doing may be wrong, but I guess sometimes if you consider hey, I have people looking up to me, what decisions would I make knowing that with that in mind, that there are kids or younger people or anybody in general who are really looking up to me, what decisions should I make now? But I guess I also wonder, I mean, what? Where does the law? Uh, where does the line get drawn of like, I'm making decisions for others, you know, I'm living my life for other people as opposed to doing what would make me happiest or doing what would fulfill me the most?
1: I don't know if there's... Necessarily a line that has to be drawn. Um, Because if you're an individual, people at some point know that you're capable of falling short, making mistakes. And I think you have to be obviously true to yourself. And I think as just a normal, everyday person or a celebrity, you're going to think about doing things that I guess are in your best interest. And sometimes you may get caught in a situation where you do something that, probably not in your best interest, and that's going to shed negative light on you and may disappoint people that look up to you. And so, with that being said, I think that, to me, it's another filter, filtering process, to where you can begin to look and say, okay, if I do this, if I make this decision, what is the impact going to be? You know, who are the people that may look up to me? who may be disappointed or let down because I did something that, you know, I shouldn't have done. And hopefully it holds them accountable and to a higher standard so that they make decisions that don't, you know, disappoint themselves, first of all, but also the people that look up to them. And not that they're responsible for these other people, Mm -hmm. but hopefully they think about it in a way that, you know, I don't want to let a kid who looks up to me down because of some decision I made that, you know, I should have made. And I know we, we've talked about
0: this in, in, and it's a small detail because I, I obviously admire LeBron James a lot and I think he is a good role model for young kids to look up to. But one of the, one of the small details we talked about a little bit before is sometimes in his social media and his speech in general, the vulgarity and kind of the, the uh, profanity is something like, it's not a huge deal, right? I mean, it's just, you know, some bad Man. words, I guess. But I think when you have kids Or looking up to him, and they kind of, you know, does he, does should he filter that out more? And so that's that's what I'm getting at is like, yeah, LeBron. I mean, he when he's at home, he probably talks that way, and that's just kind of who he is. So in that moment, he's being true to himself, but being in the position he's in, the platform he has as a role model, should he filter that out a little better?
1: I would say probably yeah. Um, Just my thinking. Uh, just because of the message of sins, I think he's inte- intelligent and articulate enough to use words that can get across the point that he's trying to make yeah. without it being vulgar and offensive, particularly to younger kids. And so LeBron, you know, cut out the vulgarity, <laughs> no cursing. <laughs> but yeah. uh, no, I get your point. I mean, and like we all do. And what has happened is that their lives have become you know, no pun intended, but in a bubble where everyone sees them. Every little thing they do, they can put it out on social media. And so, you know, you got everyone across the globe who has access to it, can know exactly what he's thinking at a given time. And I think with that exposure and with that type of intimate connection with people, you know, I think it's something that they want to consider. And not to say that he's a bad guy and, you know, it's terrible, But I think in terms of influence and affecting younger people, um, it may be something to definitely look at and consider, um, you know, when you put those tweets or whatever you're doing on social media, because people are watching, kids are watching that.
0: One thing I wanted to, and I don't even know if this is a question per se, but I, 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 so we talked about this a, a couple of times, Kobe Bryant, somebody for, you know, most of my life, I, for whatever reason, did not like them. I didn't like, I didn't like his style of play as a basketball player. I thought he could be, I think, I think there was a lot of things about his personality that I didn't like, but I had an appreciation for who he was. And I think after he passed away, I realized that there are a lot of his personality traits that I didn't like, probably because I see them in myself. Um, and so in that way, I don't even know if there's a term for it, but he's like a reverse role model. It's like, this is something I don't wanna be but it's something I see in myself. I don't know if there's a term for that, but it's just, I think that's interesting. And it leads me to believe like really, I guess realistically, I guess I'm saying is,
1: should you should you yourself be your own role model? Yeah, you. I, I think you should look up to yourself because you're gonna be attracted to things that you want or desire, right? Um, and I think when you see that in yourself, I think it allows you to elevate yourself, your confidence, in who you are, because I'm seeing a mirror of myself through someone else. And that person, I like their style, I like what they do, and I strive to be that way. And in striving to be that way, I become my role model because I'm evolving into what it is that I was aspiring to be, or what I admire, if that makes sense. So um, so yeah, I think you should be. You should be your, your um, biggest cheerleader. Um, your biggest advocate because nobody knows you better than you. Many people will probably disagree with that and see it as arrogant and, you know, cocky. But what I'm saying is that you have to believe in you when nobody else is around, you know, when nobody else knows what's going through your mind, when you're getting ready to do a jump, when you're getting ready to do something, you, your coach may believe in you and, and the fans may believe in you. but if you go down that runway and you don't believe in it, (laughs) then, you know, it ain't going to go well. You know, so it always starts with you and um, it filters out. So what happens up here carries out into or manifests into reality, into the physical. But it always starts here in your mind um, in which you project out and actually manifest those things. But let me go back with you. You said that, you know, Kobe Bryant, (laughs) you said you probably disliked him because he had traits that you realized that you had. Um, so what are some of those traits?
0: <laughs> I think um and it's different because my sport is different, but at least athletically, we can both be really selfish, <laughs> um, even somewhat arrogant. I think um, I guess in his personality traits in general, at least for like I said, this is all outside looking in. I don't I didn't know Kobe Bryant. Uh he seemed to be somebody that really isolated himself didn't, you know, hang around or have a ton of friends, at least to, to, to like I said, once again, outside looking in um, and just, it those all seem to be things. He, he always seemed to be really conscious of kind of, I guess, so much more that it led him to, like I said, isolate and be alone a lot, even with the family and kids. It just seemed like he always was kind of like in his own head and that led him to, you know, like I said, those other traits of selfishness, arrogance, things like that. And those are things that I've kind of always feel like I've had in myself, but I've tried to deny. And I think that's part. That's another part of the reason that I'm such a huge LeBron fan is because he has a lot of the traits that I wish I could have. He, you know, has a large group of friends. He touches a large group of people. He is, you know, widely known. He seems to have a people, you know, just a great personality of infectiousness of like when he walks to a room, everybody lights up. And so that seems to be something that I've always wanted to be. And And I think even to a degree I am, but <laughs> I feel like in a lot of ways, I also have that Kobe of like, I don't want to talk to nobody. I'm, I'm in my own world. I don't want, you know what I mean. And so, it's weird. It's like a, it's almost like a role model and an anti role model. But nonetheless, it's funny because Kobe, one of my favorite, uh, I, I watch this all the time before I jump is Kobe's documentary Muse, and he talks about at least athletically tapping into his darker emotions to become well, in his his words, the Black Mamba. But I think that's funny because it's it's something that I. I started to do athletically as well. And, and so, yeah, it's like on a, on a, on a life level, I don't think Kobe is my biggest role model. I think he's made mistakes throughout his life and not that he's a bad, he was a bad person or anything. I think he can be a role model. He did a lot of great things in his career and even off the court. Um, but athletically it's funny. Cause I think I, I would actually, I guess lean towards Kobe being my role model more than LeBron.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't even like un- saying that. Unfortunately, <laughs> with Kobe, I think he was just now becoming and evolving as a person that many people would be able to see outside of basketball and all the other traits and characteristics of Kobe. You know, his yeah. intelligence and his ability to see things and to be critical, have a critical eye, to be creative. You know, and all these things that you begin to see after basketball. I really thought when he was done with basketball that he would struggle. Because it just seems so, you know, basketball was his life. And I was glad to see that he was able to transition from that and get involved in various things that he enjoyed, that he was passionate about. And I'd really love to see him continue to evolve and see the, the various sides of Kobe that we didn't get to see while he was playing basketball. And so, um, yeah, so, you know, it's unfortunate that we, we don't get that opportunity to see his continuous evolution. You know, after basketball, yeah. Well, last words for me on
0: this topic are like I said. I think a few tokens are working to your idols or your rivals. And if you're not somebody, if you're not trying to be somebody that you can look up to, then you got to change that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think what I would say is that you know your role models, and we didn't really get into this, but your first role models are really your parents and people that are closest to you you see them and you emulate them and you basically you become a lot like them you know you look back you're a lot like your your parents (laughs) however good or bad that is you see those traits in yourself and you know as you begin to develop and grow you know you see where you probably want to be and that's i think how we begin to admire people and want to emulate because you say, you know what, I would like to be like that. That person seems like they got it together. And so I think if you begin to take what you're aspiring or admiring in others and begin to apply that to yourself, I think it will be very beneficial and help you with growth to become the person that you were admiring. And I think that's always a good thing when you grow into what it is you admire, um, you know you can't go wrong there
0: yeah well all good things to take with you and uh as always we appreciate everyone for tuning in to another installment of no Strangers to the game uh make sure you listen in next week we'll have another episode for you all right peace all right that'll wrap up today's episode glad we could take a moment to put you up on game we post a new podcast every sunday morning now you know Peace.